Happy Thursday. Good morning. I'm George Watkins. And because the sun is up, we are up and happy in Jesus. Well, we're going to talk about seeds today. As I was meditating on our discussion today on seeds in the ground, I was reminded of Oral Roberts and his long time uh, writing and preaching on the power of seeds. If you've not read any of his books on harvest and seed planting, especially in the area of uh, giving and receiving, that's one of the seed type of seeds. Other, other areas of seed planting would be uh, showing kindness and kindness comes back. What you give, you get, that type of thing. But today I want to talk about something just a little different than that. And it has to do with the seed God planted in us. Now, if you've just tuned in, haven't been here before, welcome. Thank you for taking time to spend a few moments with us. I am convinced every time we show up, God does. Why? Because he said he would. He said, if you show up, I'll show up. Two or three of you gathered together, I'm there in the midst. Well, I may be in the studio alone, but there's a lot of us in the spirit together. Amen. Wherever you are, some of you are on the other side of the world. You tune in in the mornings. I thank God for you all. I consider you to be a part of the family that I am in, the body of Christ, the kingdom of God. So we welcome those that are tuning in from other nations. It's a great honor to be a little uh, encouraging, uh, prodding voice in your life to, to inspire you to see the great things God has in store for you all. Amen. Well, I'm going to um, talk about the planting of the Lord. Here is a, uh, here's an interesting scripture I'd like you to meditate upon. If you haven't read the notes below, do, the, do it later. It kind of lays out my thoughts for today. But the, the word of God is referred to as milk, bread, and meat. Makes a pretty good meal when you put them all together. Paul said there were those who were milk drinkers indicating babies or you know, the type of diet that a baby would drink or eat. The bread comes along, but somewhere along the line, Paul talks about eating the meat of the word. Now, that's indica that indicates that things in the word of God that need to be chewed on until you can digest them. Milk, you can take a swig, especially good cold glass of milk with a chocolate chip cookie. <laughs> Sorry about that. A good, you know, glass of milk goes down quick. Bread, a little bit easier to go down, but it's got some consistency to it. And as you eat it, you chew it, but it goes down quickly. When it comes to meat, it takes time to, <clears throat> to, Chew that meat. Now, my dad told me to chew it a hundred times. <laughs> it never lasted that long because it eventually dissolves into liquid 
and goes into the system, but it takes some effort. The Word of God, if you stay in the simplicity of your beginnings, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. If that's what you stay in, that's considered milk, because it's the beginning of your revelation of God, Jesus Christ, and so forth. If you go into areas that you uh, are totally lost in and confused and, and scared, scared in, you're probably not ready to take that meat yet. You give meat to a baby with one or two teeth or no teeth, you're going to have trouble. So what do they do with babies? I've got seven grandkids. We've been watching them grow up and I'm kind of being reacquainted with feeding babies. They give them soft little pouches of mushy food. Oh, they'll put a name on the outside and call it something, but it's really ground up and really soft because they have no ability to chew. But as you mature, as you learn about God through his word and spirit and interaction and growth and, and the you know, the trials and the, and the hills you climb, all the muscle developing, spiritual muscle developing, you begin to go into having bread, bread being that next step in this analogy I'm giving right today. We know Jesus is the bread of life, so that's how that's introduced to us. But the meat of the word then becomes something that you love to find a good choice slice of God's revelation and chew on it for a while. Now, often we want to shortcut that and go to a convention or read the latest report or book or hear the latest, um, you know, recording of our favorite prophet or our favorite deep teacher. And we listen to that lesson or that revelation that he he or she got by going to the mountain and like Moses bringing back the commandments of God. And we listen to that and we say, oh, I've got the meat now. No, no, you don't have it until you chew it and get it inside. Now here, Ecclesiastes 12 has an interesting verse that you need to chew on, or I would, I would suggest, put it that way, that you, you could chew on that for a while to see what God would say about it. And it says that when you die, your spirit goes back to God. Now, he's talking about, I'm laying my hand over in the Bible when I looked over there. Uh, <clears throat> I've been, just been reading it a little bit. He's talking about a treasure that was put in you when you were created every man, woman, boy, and girl. He put a treasure in you called life, spirit. Your spirit is God's life in you, and it's a treasure. And he put that seed in you so that when he sent you to earth, you would be in the category of good ground and your seed would come forth. Mark 4 talks about the different soils, doesn't it? the hard ground, stony ground, the thorny ground, and then the good ground. The good ground produced a hundredfold return. All right. God put a seed in you called life. Now, 
There are seeds in every soil around the world, even the deserts that are dry and parched, and you can't understand why anything could ever live there. There's seeds in that ground. And if when the rain comes, they begin to sprout again. There's seeds in the tombs they found that were 4,000 years old in Egypt. When they put them in the ground, they grew. Now, the point I'm bringing out is this. It is the water of the word upon the soil of the heart of men and women that that seed comes alive. That's why the preaching of the gospel is so important. Paul said in Romans 10, 9 and 10, the word is nigh thee in thy mouth. It is the word we have preached. And when you hear it and receive it, that word believe means receive. Receive it, the seed that is already in you comes forth. There's a interesting verse in the book, in, in um, Paul's writings, when he refers to the fact that Christ was revealed in him. Wow, I need to chew on that. Why? Because there's something in that verse that caught my attention. When it comes to seeds in us, that the life that God put in every human being needs to have the water of the word to come alive. And when Paul encountered Jesus on the road to Damascus, that seed came alive. And he said, Lord. Now, how do we, uh, how do we grow that seed? How do we mature that seed? By the water of the word, by the meat of the word, by the bread of the word and the milk of the word. And the word of God then, that life that God put in us called our spirit. I realize I'm stepping on some theologi theological toes here, but I'm asking you to ask the Lord for revelation in all things. He told us we could have understanding in all things. So there's something here in Ecclesiastes 12 that says the spirit is going to go back to God when the body lays down in the dust. You say, well, that's for the born again. That's for the, the Baptist, the Pentecostal and the Lutheran, you know, and the, and the, and the Catholic who loves Christ and all those things. Okay agree with that except the fact it doesn't say that in that particular verse it says that the spirit that is in a man or a woman goes back to god <laughs> oh i didn't I, i'm not doing all your thinking for you and i'm not doing all your revelation for you i'm walking my experience out in christ and sharing a little bit of it with you so that i can stimulate your hunger to hear and see past the veil. Amen. We need to enter in past that theological veil that's been in, in, in our eyes. When I uh, talk about, uh, when I say that, there's a, a certain amount of hesitation by, by the general thought, thought process. Oh my, that's dangerous to go out in uncharted territory. Listen, we are where we are today because people just like you and I decided that there was uncharted territory that we hadn't 
seen develop yet. Martin Luther, you know, historic giant of the past who made this statement that just shall live by faith. What was he doing? He was climbing up the steps of the Sistine Chapel on his knees, ground glass. He was penalizing himself and persecuting himself, thinking he was earning favor with God. And the spirit of God said, Martin, the just shall live by faith. It revolutionized the Christian thought pattern. Of course, he was he was ostracized and persecuted, but it, it opened up a way for us to see God differently than was already there. That's what happens when you chew on the word of God. We say, preacher, aren't you afraid of being deceived? Well, Jesus said, if you ask for an egg, I'm not going to give you a stone. If you ask for a fish, I'm not going to give you a snake or a serpent or a scorpion. I'm going to give you what you ask for. Let's trust the Lord. Let's trust the Holy Spirit. Amen. So chew on it some. And the, and the scriptures you need to, that you need to chew on are probably meaty. <laughs> Amen. I think most of you have pretty well worked out John 3.16 understand the grace and the mercy and the love and the tenderness and the gift God gave us in Christ. And some of some of us Pentecostals have a pretty good handle on um, speaking in tongues and prophecy in some cases. And, and in some cases, we've got a fairly good understanding of the purpose of the communion table. Well, let's keep let's keep asking the Lord for meat to eat, something I can get my teeth in, as they say. <laughs> that's a good that's a good thought for Thursday. Chew on the word. Spend some time meditation in meditation. Let it scare you a little bit. <laughs> Come out of the Bible study with big eyeballs, you know, and panting hard. Wow, that was a heavy revy. Well, that's how we develop our muscle. By hearing something that just grabs it, our breath and takes it away. I've had a number of experiences <clears throat> years ago before I was married. So that's, that's nearly 60 years ago. I was uh, introduced to the term and the revelation of Christ in you, the hope of glory. They say, wow, that's a simple one. I've heard that all my, well, sir. <laughs> no, but I hadn't. I was about 20 then. And evangelists came through and began to preach on it. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Now, Kenneth Hagin picked up on that later on and gave us some good insight on 130 sometimes. It talks about you and Christ and Christ in you. That was a divine revelation that revolutionized my life, but I didn't know it until somebody preached it. Amen. All right. Well, I'll see you in the morning. Meditate on these things. Think on these things. Let God give you insight and understanding. Love you all. Thanks for all your support. Prayer, encouragement, comments, sharing, and finances, if, if God nudges you to do that. Amen. And look at the notes below. There's some things. There's some contact points. We have a website that has a lot of information and some tools that you can be blessed with and so forth. Until tomorrow, chew on it.